Praise God. Can you say amen? I really praise God for the skills and the talents he has given us to our young people. Stephanie, Kesslyn, God is good. Amen. The whole world is in his hands. And this has been a constant reminder for us, especially during this weekend. I have enjoyed my fellowship with the young people. It's, uh, it makes me feel young again. You might be wondering, why is he saying that? I'm, I'm 40 plus. <laughs> and I tell people, age, and my age right now, age is a choice. <laughs> God has been good, friends. God has been good. The whole world is in his hands. And just imagine if we do not forget that reality, nothing could shake us out in the hands of the one who's holding the world. So friends, before we go on any further with this, with this morning, stop. Let me invite those who are able to kneel down to please kneel down with me for a word of prayer. Or better yet, turn to the person nearest you. Let us ask that the Lord will fill us with His Spirit. Let us spend even just 45 seconds asking God to fill us, to baptize us with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You could go ahead, turn to the person nearest you, and let's, let's pray this prayer. And after the, the end of 45 seconds, I will lead into a song, and if you know the song, sing with me, and then I will start the prayer. We may begin our prayers. so good God is so good God is so good He is so good to me Oh dear Father indeed you are good you are more than good you are awesome you are great you are amazing Lord, we praise and we thank you that every Sabbath we have the full recollection of the good things that you have done to us and who you have been to us throughout the week. And Lord, I pray that today at this very hour may our thoughts be centered upon you. May we forget all our worries, all the things that have burdening us, have been burdening us throughout the week. Lord, may everything be laid at the foot of the cross. And thank you so much, Lord, for reminding us of the song of Stephanie and Kesslyn, that you have the whole world in your hand. So Lord, I pray that may that we may stay still and know that you are God. This, Lord, we pray in the loving and precious name of your Son, Jesus, all your children say, Amen. So, friends, today, I'd just like to share what the Lord has done in my life because I believe that we could not share something that we don't have. So, and it's a little, a little background as well where I'm coming from. And what I'm doing, what I'm doing, because uh, for a lot of people here, this is the first time you have seen me. First of all, I'm, uh, I'm a Filipino. You could tell that from my height. And uh, 
I don't, I don't have a, a U.S. Uh, citizenship. I still live in the Philippines, but uh, right now I'm living in Berrien Springs with, uh, with ASAP Ministries. And uh, when people ask me, what's your work? And when I tell them that I'm a missionary, the, the next thing that they ask me, oh, so where is your mission field? I tell them, uh, God directs where my mission field is. I don't have a particular mission field. And I said, that's weird. You're a missionary and you don't have a permanent mission field. How does that work? I tell them, I go where the Lord sends me. I said, no, tell me how does that really work? And I say, almost every week, especially before COVID, almost every week, the Lord brings me to one state after another or sometimes one country after another. And they, they, ask, they tell me, wow, that's quite an expensive lifestyle. And I said, yes, I have a very rich father. <laughs> you all have a rich father. Can you say amen to that? And then they tell me, so who is your sponsor? And I tell them, God is my sponsor. <laughs> we know that God is your sponsor, but tell me who really is your sponsor. Tell them, God is my sponsor. Friends, you know what? I was inspired by the story of George Mueller. Who among you here knows the name George Mueller? Oh, there's, there's a few hands here. Friends, for the benefit of those who do not know who George Mueller is, he lived in a time where almost everybody around him does not believe that there is a God who hears and answers prayer. So you know what he did? He dedicated his life to prove to people that the God that we serve is alive, that the God that we serve hears and answers prayer. Friends, George Mueller has this orphanage. And friends, just imagine feeding 100 plus kids. And so George Mueller decided he wants to prove that it's only God who's, who could sustain him. So he decided not to receive any salary. He decided not to receive any stipend. He wants to show to people that God can provide. So whenever he needed something, you know what he does? He bends his knees. He asks, Lord, please provide for these kids. And the Lord never fails. Because God is faithful. Can you say amen? amen? So friends, every time he needed something, he kneels down and he did not tell anyone else. And when the answer comes, he'll know for a fact that the answer comes from God. And friends, when George Mueller passed away, they had a tally of every answer to his prayer. And you know how much was the total? 7,250,000 US dollars. Yes, that's the first word that came out of my mouth. Wow. Can we say it all together? Wow. That's not really wow. Can we say it all together? Wow. And friends, get this. This story did not happen 10 years ago or 20 years ago. This story happened in the 1800s. So when you convert $7,250,000 from that time to our time, you know how much it costs? More than 200 million U.S. dollars to date. It's a bigger. Wow. You got it. Friends, this is the God that we serve. The moment I, I heard this story, and when I look back in my life, I'm thinking, wow, I did not accomplish much. I'm thinking, a life that is fully lived for God, fully dependent upon God, has this result, and I'm thinking, I'll see if the God of George Mueller is still alive today. So friends, you know what I did? I said to the Lord, if you want me to be a missionary, then I'll, I'll try if George Mueller's way still works. If I'll, if I'll see that that works, then it's a proof that you're alive. 
that you are a living God. Friends, hasn't God challenged us? In Malachi 3.10, he says, and prove me. Prove me when? Prove me now, today. In other version, in New King James, it says there, try me now. So friends, I tried God. And the moment I tried God, you know what I've experienced? I discovered that he is faithful. And the more you walk with God, the more you'll discover that he is not just faithful, but he is consistently faithful. Isn't God amazing? So friends, my friends asked me, so Jem, how does that work? How are you able to travel around the world without any salary, without any stipend? Friends, for the past 11 years and a half, nine years of those years, especially pre-COVID, I have not received any salary, any stipend in my life until ASAP hired me. But that's another story. That's another testimony. And friends, you know what happened? When people ask me, so how does that really work, Jem? How are you able to travel from from place to place, and I tell them, whenever I'm invited to go somewhere, I'll bend my knees, I'll ask the Lord, if it's your will, Lord, then you have to provide. And you know what happens? People will call me, people will text me, people will email me. Most of the time, I'll receive phone calls, and sometimes it's in the middle of the night. And they will be like this, Jem, are you going somewhere? And friends, sometimes it's quite weird. You did not tell anyone, and people will call you. And I'm tempted even to look at my room. Is there any CCTV here? Friends, God is good. And then people will tell me. Said, and I ask them, how did you know? And then they'll tell me, I was asleep, fast asleep, and the Lord woke me up and prompted me to give you a call and ask you where you're going. And then I'll tell them, I'm going to Malaysia, Indonesia, or this and that. And then they'll tell me, okay, your tickets are bought. Friends, this did not happen once. It has been happening for the past 11 years and six months of my life. Because we serve a faithful God. Can you say a louder amen than that? Friends, we serve an amazing God. So, one by one, all these things are happening. I'll not go into those details. There's just so many stories to tell. And this, this, this hour is not enough. So, I'll just tell you one of those prominent things that somehow made it clear for me that God is really in control. A friend of mine asked me this question. I was, I think, a year and a half traveling, and all the while I thought that I was just traveling, uh, was this, a temporary missionary life. So she asked me this question, a missionary friend of mine, she asked me, Jem, until when do you want to become a missionary? And then I look back, in the life that I lived before. Friends, by the way, I was a photographer. I was a wedding photographer. I'm always the wedding photographer and never the groom. Praise the Lord. <laughs> That's what I tell people. I'm single, but not advertising. <laughs> so, so friends, in that, in that question, when I look back, I'm thinking, I don't want to go back to being a photographer. The moment I tasted the life lived for God, friends, it's awesome. It's just like tasting fried rice. When there's fried rice and plain rice, of course you go to fried rice. <laughs> so, and I'm thinking, Lord, if you want me, and I told my sister, <clears throat> if the Lord allows it, I want to be a missionary until the day I die. And then she said, Jem, that's a noble, that's, that's a very good desire. But I would suggest because you don't have a theology background. So friends, I know some of, some of the kids call me pastor. I'm not a pastor, I'm just a caster. 
I did not graduate theology. So they will ask, she asked me, at least have a, a Bible training course, an evangelism training course. And then she suggested, apply an amazing facts. Friends, you know what? Amazing facts opened in the Philippines that year. You know where? In front of our house. <laughs> in my home church. It's like, this is my house. And our church is just like on the road, opposite the parking lot. And somehow, she asked me, are you planning to go to Amazing Facts in the Philippines? And of course, it's just in front of our house. And he said, no, 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 no. I would suggest that you go to Amazing Facts in the U.S. I said, oh, it's impossible. He said, why? I said, I don't have a visa. I said, then apply for one. <laughs> Easy for you to say you're not a Filipino. What do you mean? He said, it's difficult for us to get a visa. Friends, my, my good friends in, in college were Chinese. They have been... They have been applying like five, six, seven times, and I have been denied. And they have money in the bank to show that they will not, they will not just go there and disappear. And they have difficulty getting the visa. And I told my, my friend, no, 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 it's, it's impossible. And then he, she told me, Jen, you have been living by faith for almost two years now. Then why not go by faith? I told her, okay, <laughs> let's go by faith. Friends, do you catch yourself sometimes in that situation? You say all the promises, but you do not mean it. You memorize those, those lines like, with God, all things are possible, but at the back of your mind, really? You even sing the song, I surrender all. Hmm. Aren't we the biggest hypocrite? And I was the chief. I told my friends, I told my family that I've been living by faith and now my friend is asking me, go by faith. And faith is one thing that I don't have. So I told God, Lord, if you want me to go, then you have to provide for my needs. You know what's one thing that's needed? $160 to apply for the visa. And friends, if you don't have work, if you don't have a bank account, $160 is a fortune. So I said to God, Lord, if you want me to go, then you have to provide. And the Lord provided more than $200. I did not even say amen. You know what I told God? You will lose your money. Because a year before that, a friend of mine invited me to go to New Zealand. There's a lot of Filipinos in New Zealand. And then I'm thinking, yes, we'll go. So I impulsively applied for a visa. I got impulsively denied. And that rejection haunted me. And I'm thinking, U.S. visa is our ultimate visa. It is not possible. But since the Lord provided, I have to do my part. I pay the amount. The moment, friends, I pay the amount, something happened. I could not sleep. And for me, I'm not the kind of person who has trouble sleeping. Friends, even airplane rides. The moment the airplane takes off, before the fastened seatbelt sign is off, I'm already out. And I thank God that he made me travel size. <laughs> Seriously. When you sit on the plane, any accommodation, even small planes, I have a lot of leg room, first class, friends. <laughs> My prayer partner, Gabriel, you will see him later. He's, we are sitting on a chair and his legs is like up. So I look at him, bro, leg room. <laughs> and this is one thing that I, that I was... I was somehow gifted with. I could sleep anywhere. Even my friends, even my friend who traveled with me in the Philippines, in the train. Friends, if you travel in the Philippines on a train, you don't even have to hold your bag. It stays there. 
there's no ground to fall on. And we were traveling for 45 minutes, and we were standing, and he told me later on at the end of the travel, I said, Jem, you were asleep all the time. Standing up, by the way, my dear friends. And people were just going in and out, and I was just like, mm. And friends, I discovered that I have the gift of public sleeping. <laughs> but that gift did not help me. That the moment I pay the amount, I have nightmares every night. And you know what my nightmare is all about? It's about the visa interview. And in my nightmare, it's, I always get denied. And I will be waking up in the middle of the night, sweating, and my heart will be pumping, and I'll not be able to go to bed. Friends, five, six nights that this went on, and I did not even realize that I forgot something. Can you guess what I forgot? I forgot to pray. Isn't it a shame? I'm a prayer coordinator, and I forgot to pray. And one thing that hit me, friends, the reason why the Lord put me in the ministry is not because that I'm the most effective prayer leader. It's because I needed prayer. Friends, this is one thing that I'd like to tell you as well. You are not the biggest blessing to the ministry that you are in. You are not the biggest blessing to the church that you are in. You are blessed because you are here. Can you say amen? You are blessed because God still desires to use us. And friends, when I look back in my life right now, without God, I don't know where I'd be. I'm not this little happy Filipino that I am right now. God is just so good, friends. So the moment I realized that, I burst out into tears and I said, Lord, please help me. I don't know what to do. Friends, you know what? That is the best prayer that we can pray. We don't know what to do because most of the time, we know, we seem to know what, what to do and we do not ask. We do not pray. Did you hear me? It seems like we know what to do. That's why we do not pray. But the moment, friends, you realize you are nothing without Him, your prayers becomes desperate. Your prayers become sincere. And while in the middle of that prayer, the Lord convicted me, be still and know that I am God. You are not God, Jem. I am. So the Lord somehow stilled me down and the Lord reminded me, just look back on how I have provided for you in the past. I opened my passport, friends, and my passport was halfway stamped, 20 pages for the past two years. The Lord has been bringing me from one place to another, and the Lord asked me, who provided for that? And I said, I'm sorry, Lord, it was all you. So I said to the Lord, okay, Lord, I give you this. I surrender this to you. The moment I said that prayer, I slept like a baby. Of course, I snored like a boar. So fast forward, friends, fast forward. Now it was my interview. I wore my long sleeves. I wore my tie. Of course, I want to look like a missionary. And the moment I sat down, waiting for my number to be called, the moment I sat down, I could not breathe. It's as if all my insights were trying to come out. I did not even realize what was happening. It's like my heart was, was beating so fast, was beating so loud, that I could not hear myself think. And friends, I've watched too many cartoons before that I was imagining that my heart was literally jumping out of my chest. So I kept on looking down. And friends, I did not know that I was having a panic attack. And I'm thinking, Lord, this is not a good position to be in before the interview. I could not imagine myself being asked, what's your name? My name is Jem Castro. And then you fall to the ground. Not so good. So 
I was looking around and thinking, Lord, I need somewhere to pray. But when I look around, friends, the whole embassy was filled with people. And I asked, Lord, you will instruct, you have promised. Where should I go? And the Lord convicted me, the bathroom. Thinking, really, the bathroom? Praise God, the U.S. Embassy bathroom was clean. I closed the cubicle, closed the toilet lid, knelt down, and desperately asked for the Lord's presence. This is the thing that I learned there. Wherever we may be, if we sincerely ask for God, if we seek Him with all of our hearts, any place in this world will be transformed into a prayer room. Can you say amen? Friends, sure enough, the moment I prayed there, I had total peace. The moment I came out, now it was time for the interview. The first question that was asked, Mr. Castor, and I said, yes, sir. How much is your monthly income? The moment I heard that, I'm thinking, I'm dead. The first question was monthly income right away. And I told him, I'm sorry, sir, but I don't have a monthly income. And he looked at me strange and said, why is that? I'm a missionary, missionary volunteer, sir, so I don't get paid for my work. Then how do you live? I live by faith, sir. <laughs> Good for you, you laugh. He did not laugh. He thought that I was not taking him seriously. And he said, I live by faith too, but tell me how do you really live? How do you buy your food? How do you buy your clothes? And I told him, sir, the Lord provides. And he opened my passport and he saw my passport was halfway stamped. If you're not paid for your work, how come you travel so much? I said, sir, I, I pray to the Lord and the Lord uses other people to, to take care of my, of my needs. And I said, okay, how about your food? How about your your hotel, how are you able to survive? It's not cheap to travel. And I said, sir, I live in the house of the, the people who, who invites me and then they feed me. Yes, friends, I live in Emily's house and there's a lot of food there and there's potluck next. <laughs> and friends, this guy was running out of question and he came up with a difficult question. He asked me, how about emergencies? Do you encounter emergencies? I said, yes, sir, emergencies are unavoidable. And how are you able to pay for emergencies? I told him, sir, the Lord is faithful that the Lord provides the right amount of money for the right amount of emergencies. And then he, he asked me, you're saying that you receive money for emergencies? I said, yes, sir, God is faithful. Then you just lied to me. He yelled at me. By the way, friends, this is the setting. You're not in a room with him. You are standing in front of him with all the other people lining up. So it's nerve-wracking. But this is one amazing thing about God, friends. When He's with you, you have nothing to fear. Can you say amen? amen. So when He lied, when He said, you have lied to me, and I asked Him, why did you say that, sir? He said, because a while ago you are telling me that you don't receive anything for your work, and now you're telling me that you receive money for emergencies. You just lied to me. Friends, that's a difficult question, isn't it? And remember my condition before? My panic attack? I would have just answered, and then fall to the ground and die. I would have received a death certificate, friends, rather than a U.S. visa. But before he could even finish the question, the Lord has given the answer. And this is one amazing thing about God. He has given me peace and he has given me the answer. And the answer came like this. Sir, a while ago you're asking for a regular, regular monthly income, but emergencies are not regular. Isn't that smart? I'm not that smart. True story. Even when the words came out of my mouth, friends, I had this expression at the back of my head like, 
I was blown away. And this is the thing that I'll tell you, my dear brothers and sisters. When you see God working in your life, you'll know for a fact that it's not because of your, of your education. It's not because of your talent. It's not because of your skills. You will just be an audience in on knowing that it's all about God. Can you say a louder amen than that? Friends, the moment I said that to him, now he's the one who's, who's getting confused. I could really sense a great controversy battle happening before my very eyes. So I told him, sir, from the very beginning, I was honest with you. I don't want to give you a salary range that I don't earn. I don't want to give you a bank account that I don't have. Sir, I've been living by faith for the past two years. And he looked me straight in the eye and I said, hmm. then tell me, how should I fill in this question? Friends, we're still in question number one. How should I fill in this question? Monthly income. And I told him, honestly speaking, sir, I don't know. And he gave another big sigh. <laughs> okay, monthly income. He typed in, not applicable. <laughs> he asked me more questions. At the end of our conversation, he told me, congratulations, your application has been approved. And I said, what? <laughs> Seriously, friends, I was, I was expecting to be denied. And he repeated to me, your visa will be mailed to you in, in five working days. Friends, I came out of that embassy and I was crying. I called my sister and she was crying on the other end. And she was telling me, indeed, God wants you to be in the U.S. It is God's will for you. Friends, indeed, it was God's will. Before I stood up, I somehow heard a voice of God in my heart saying to me, when you get your visa approved, it's not because of who you are. You are nobody. It's not because of what you have, because you have nothing. It'll only be because of the goodness of your God. Can you say amen to that? Friends, I went back to my hometown a week later. And, and by the way, I was reminded of this beautiful thought from one of the beautiful books, God's Amazing Grace. It says here, men can accomplish nothing without God. How much can we accomplish without God? How much? Can you say it with more passion? You know, I made you repeat that again and again. Because it's nice to hear, it's, it's very a humbling thought to hear, but is it really a reality? Because for me, it was not. Because if it's a reality, friends, I believe everything in our lives will change. The way we make choices will change. The way we pray will change. The way we worship will change. And friends, but with God, when we realize that we are nothing without Him, and that's the fastest way to know that when we have him, we have everything. Can you say amen? And a friend of mine approached me, much, much older friend. He told me, Jem, I love your testimony, but there's one part of your testimony that I don't agree. I said, what is that part? I said, when you said that without God, we are nothing. I said, why is it that you don't agree with it? I said, because I have been away from the church for, for nearly 32 years. But I was still accomplishing big in the business world. I set up this business. I was stopped in my management and this and that. And how come you say that without God we are nothing? I'm thinking, wow, that's a difficult, that's a difficult argument. And the Lord somehow convicted me. Look back in the life of Nebuchadnezzar. When God removed his finger from Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar acted like a beast. For how many years? Seven years. 
And I realized, friends, it's only by the goodness of God that we still function even though we move away from His presence. It's only by the goodness of God. Isn't God good? Isn't God awesome? Do you love Him even more? So friends, fast forward. When I went back home, my sister-in-law asked me this question. She said, Jem, when are you going to the U.S.? I said, I don't know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? You're living in less than a week. And I told her, I really don't know. I said, do you even have a ticket? I said, no. How are you going to go? I told her, it's the Lord's problem, not mine. Friends, my heart was pounding. I don't know how to answer that. So I went to the conference office to, by faith, I completed all the things that's needed for the trip. And while I was there, I received a phone call, and the phone call went like this. Jem, I saw in Facebook that you got your visa approved. When are you going to go to the U.S.? Same question, same answer. How are you going to? Do you even have a ticket? No, I don't know. How are you going to go then? Is the Lord's problem not mine? But this time, I'm about to break down. The reality is hitting me so hard that I'm not going to go. And the person on the other line said, that's why the Lord has convicted me. I'll pay for your fare. Friends, this is January. January is the peak of travel back home. And I'll be, I'll be gone for like five months. And when I received the ticket, friends, it cost more than $2,400. It was answered in one phone call in a prayer that I was not even able to pray. You know why? Because I was too chicken to pray that prayer because I did not believe that God could provide. And yet God is so good. Isn't God amazing? Can you say amen? amen. So friends, I went forward. I went back to my, to my sister-in-law and told her, hey, I have a ticket. I said, how did you get it? I said, the Lord answered it. You know what she said? God is really alive. And friends, this is what happens. When God does something to us, we should not keep it to ourselves. We should tell people about the goodness of our God. We have to be bragging about Him. Can you say amen? So, one by one, my needs are being met. And another sister, by the way, friends, I'm the sixth among the six siblings. They were planning for four. I'm the sixth. So, two sisters, three brothers. One of my sisters asked me, so, Jem, do you have pocket money? I'm thinking, mm-hmm. She did not ask how much money I had in my pocket. Can you guess how much money I had in my pocket? $10? That's another story, guys. <laughs> any, any guess? $6? $5 going once? Zero. Brother, I'm poor, but I'm not that poor. <laughs> but practically, it was zero. I only had $1. I only had one dollar in my pocket and now reality hits me again. This is not even enough for, for taxi. And friends, a friend of mine invited me to go to another island to pray for them because that's where my business was before. And I said, I can't. I can't go. And he said, why? I said, I just can't. She kept on pushing me. He said, I don't have money. I said, just borrow money from your sister, $10, and we'll pay you back when you come here. You need to pray for us because you'll be gone for almost a year. And I told a friend, okay, I was about to go to my sister. Remember, my deal with God is not to let people know about my need, not to borrow. But I was about to break that. And then someone was running, coming towards the house. And this person said, I finally caught up with you. This is something for your trip. She handed me an envelope. And inside the envelope was $200.
Friends, I broke down, I cried. I'm thinking, I was about to break my deal with God, but God is so faithful that He will not allow me to break that deal, to show me that He is the God who could provide. So friends, I went forward, one by one my needs were met, one person gave me another $100, another person gave me $10, one person gave me two boxes of Dove winter soap. Thinking, wow, the Lord is even concerned about my dry skin. Another person gave me a lip balm, Lord, you're even concerned about my luscious lips. Friends, this is the God that we serve. Even the needs that we do not even realize, God is already taking care of it. Because this is who He is. He is a faithful God. He is an awesome God. Friends, the moment I arrived in that school, I paid the only amount that I could afford, $125 so that I could start the school. Friends, that $125 is not even part of the tuition. It's just like an insurance bond. The moment the, the teacher saw that, she asked me to go to, to his room. Can I talk to you? I said, okay, I know I'm in trouble. So I sat down with him and said, Jen, I just want to ask, how are you going to pay for the remaining balance? Friends, the tuition fee is $4,500. And I paid 125 And he said to me, I'm not trying to pressure you or to push you or anything, but I just want to know, how are you going to pay for the remaining balance? I told him, sir, I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know God will pay for that amount because God brought me here. I'm, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to receive the visa. And the Lord provided the, the ticket at the last minute, so I know God will provide for that. And then she said, okay, that's fair enough. So just settle the account after three months because this is a four-month course. A month before the graduation, said, okay, sir. And then he told me, by the way, I just want to, to remind you that food is not included in the tuition fee. So I said, okay, I'm going to go hungry here. All the while, I thought it's, there's just no rice, but no food at all. <laughs> so I asked him, so sir, how much would I budget for food? He gave me a little background. Jen, this is Sacramento. Sacramento is the capital of California, and you're living in Rockland. Rockland is quite an expensive place to live. So budget around 120 to $140. And I asked him, per month, sir? He said, no, per week. I'm thinking, the money that I have is like 110. And I got out of that office. My heart was pounding and my, my anxiety level just went up. I'm thinking, Lord, how am I going to survive for the next four months when my budget is not even enough for a week? Friends, the Lord reminded me, Jem, you easily forget who gave you the ticket who gave you the visa at the last minute? It was all him. Who gave you Dove winter soap? Who gave you the lip balm? Friends, it was all him. But do we easily forget, don't we? Friends, I love this beautiful line. This is from, from Testimony Treasures, Volume 2, 204. I love this beautiful reminder. It says, review what God has done and then know that it is only the beginning of what he's willing to do. Isn't it amazing you want me to read it again? Review what God has done and then know that it is only the beginning of what he's willing to do. Don't we serve a faithful God? 
No, we serve an amazing God. So friends, I went forward, and one by one, the Lord just provided. People will send me checks, like $50, $100, $300. There's even one person who sent anonymous donor of $500. And friends will see me in Facebook, and I did not even know that they're here in the U.S. I said, Jem, I'm only two hours away from you. Meet you up next week. And next week, they will call me and said, let's go, let's have dinner. I said, thank you, Lord, free food. I went out with them. After the dinner, they will take me grocery shopping. And my little arms will be carrying these bags and bags of groceries. And my classmates will tell me, where did you get that? I said, from the Lord. <laughs> Which is true. And friends, God has been showing me that he is a faithful God. And my father always reminds me, Jem, whatever you receive, do not forget to set aside what belongs to God. Can you say amen to that? My father is a treasurer of our church. Now don't play around with God's money. Don't, don't even borrow it. That's sacred. That's what my, my, my father told me. But when you are in need, the tithes look so attractive, friends. The $20 keep on staring at me and said, look away. And the, some of the Lord convicted me. You're coveting what belongs to me. So I said to him, Lord, please help me. I do not want to do this. I know. So the Lord changed my perspective. The Lord reminded me. It's not just the 10% that belongs to me. It's the whole 100%. And when I look back on what the Lord has done in my life, 10% is too small. So I said to him, okay, Lord, by your grace, I want to give from the bottom of my heart, so I give another 10%. Friends, this is the thing that I learned. You could never outgive God. It's like shoveling to the Lord's side, and the Lord shovels back to you. Can you say amen? Especially for His work, especially for His church. And friends, God could shovel faster than you could. And He uses a bigger shovel. Can you say Amen. And my friend said, Jem, the Lord doesn't use a shovel. That's too low for him. So what does the Lord use then? A tractor. <laughs> Your shovel is no match for God's tractor. Can you say amen to that? And friends, one by one, all these blessings are just coming in. God is just filling in. And I'm reminded again of this beautiful, beautiful verse from, from a, what do you call this, from Ministry of Healing, and, and he says here, our Heavenly Father has a thousand ways to provide for us of which we know nothing. Friends, if we have 500 ways, how many ways are there left for the Lord? 500? Very simple mathematics, isn't it? But friends, you know what? When you listen to the quote, it says, God has a thousand ways to provide for you in which you don't know anything. So if you have 500 ways, that's not part of God's surprise ways. This is the God that we serve. We could not limit him. Can you say amen to that? All right, that's, that's a weak amen. <laughs> so what happened was, friends, while I was there, enjoying the goodness of God, enjoying all the blessings that the Lord has been pouring upon my life, there's one danger. When we focus so much on the blessing, we forget the blesser. Friends, for the, for the first two months, Every time I wake up, I had tears in my eyes. You know why? I know I didn't deserve to be here. I'm looking back, I'm thinking, this is just a dream. And every single morning, I was thanking God. But somehow my attention was diverted to the God who blessed me, to the blessings that he has given me. 
And the Lord has a good way to remind us. Friends, two weeks past my due date, I still have $2,000 plus balance. And one by one, my classmates have been paying off their account. And now, I know that my time is coming soon. And so, one night, I was convicted to come to the Lord. I don't want to have another sleepless night. I remember this time that I have to, to be on my knees. And I was crying out to God, more, not mostly crying, but complaining to God. Like, why did you bring me here and then give me so much stress? Give me so much anxiety. I'm two weeks past my due date, and I don't know where this $2,000 will come from. Friends, I was like going at the Lord one after another, and the Lord somehow, just imagine, friends, how patient God is to us. I always say this, God, his speed is faster than the speed of light, and yet he walks at our own pace. Isn't that amazing? So he was so patient with me until I finally all cried out. The Lord convicted me, be still and know that I am God. You are not God, I am God. Friends, the moment I settled down, the Lord reminded me who took care of your needs for the past three months and a half that you were here. And I said, Lord, I forgot it was all you. The moment I realized that, I asked the Lord's forgiveness, confessed my sins to him, and said, Lord, please take this burden away from me. I surrender this to you. The moment I said that, friends, I had peace over me, so much peace that I have never experienced before. Friends, don't we need to pray the prayer of surrender day by day, moment by moment? Can you say Amen. We have been carrying a lot of things that's not supposed to be in our shoulders. It's not supposed to be in our hearts. Our God has a broader shoulder than us. So friends, the moment I said it to the Lord, again, I slept like a baby. And the next day, when I went to our office, no, to our class, because this is like our classroom. This is way bigger. This is like half of our classroom. And, and the registrar's office is like in those windows, and the moment I came in, the registrar saw me. The moment I put my bags, the registrar came out of her office and said, Jem, can you come to my office? I'm thinking, oh Lord, this is it. This is the time. Friends, that was the longest 40 years, uh, 40 steps of my life. I'm thinking that I was going through a firing squad because I'm thinking, what am I going to say? I don't have any solution for the situation that I have. The moment I sat down, she asked me this question. Jem, I think you know the reason why you're here. I said, mm-hmm. So you know you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And she lifted up a piece of paper, a whole sheet of paper, and I saw numbers. The moment I saw numbers, friends, my heart begins to shake. And I just looked down. I did not have the courage. And then she said, Jem, I want to talk to you about this. I could hear the clicking of the paper, and I was not looking at her. So, Jem, I want to talk to you about this. Still, I was looking down. So she stood up, came to me, and put the paper under my nose. Said, Jem, I want to talk to you about this. And friends, at the bottom right of the paper was a stamp, fully paid. Zero balance. The moment I saw that, my whole body began to shake. Tears just welled up. And when she saw me crying, she picked me up. And now both of us were crying. <laughs> And you know, I'm very talkative. 
But for the first time, I was speechless. I'm leading out prayer, but for the first time, I don't even know how to pray. And when I opened my mouth, the things that just come out was, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The moment I settled down, he sat me down. He said, Jim, I want to tell you a story. Yesterday, before I closed the office, I received a phone call. And this person asked for your entire balance and issued a whole amount of check for your account. Friends, can you still remember what was I doing that night? I was busy complaining to God. I was busy murmuring. I was busy pointing my finger at God. And I did not know that the Lord was busy solving my problem. Isn't God amazing? Doesn't He deserve more than we have given Him? Doesn't He deserve our attention? He has been faithful even though we're not. He has been chasing after us even though we have been running away from Him. Friends, I would suggest it's time to stop playing hard to get. Let's run back to the one who's running after us. Can you say amen? And this is the verse that really came to my heart before we close. Isaiah 65 verse 24 says, if you have your Bibles with you, please open it with me. Isaiah 65 verse 24. If you're there, say amen. If you're not there, say wait for me. Okay, we will wait. Isaiah 65 verse 24. Amen? Amen. It says, And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they were yet speaking, I will hear. Friends, this is the God that we serve. He's just waiting for you. He's just a prayer away. He's just a call away. The Lord doesn't want us to go through this life without Him. For he knows, friends, that the storm that we're facing is bigger than us. Anyone here was prepared for 2020? No one. Anyone here who was surprised when 2020 hit us the first quarter? All of us. Only God was not surprised. And the Lord wants to strengthen us. The Lord wants to be with us. We have nothing to fear when we have, we have him. For he's a faithful God. Can you say amen? And friends, as the time of his coming gets nearer, the storms will be stronger. And the only way to survive is when we are hidden behind the rock. It's when he is with us. Let's start practicing leaning on him. Can you say amen to that? For he is faithful. For he is good. And remember the verse that Jordan read a while ago, exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. That is what he desires for his church. That is what he desires for our young people here. That is what he desires for you and for me. Before I close this, I'd just like to make an invitation. Who among you here could declare God has been good? Amen? If you want to say, Lord, 
I want you to lead me this year. I want to stop doing things my way. I want to see your hand clearly leading me. I don't want to follow my own inkling anymore. I want to be safe in your hands. If that is your desire, come friends, come forward. I want to pray for you. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise the Lord. This is one amazing thing. Because we know for a fact that God has been faithful. And God exists. And God is alive. But if we do not intentionally declare it in our hearts, we would easily forget. Day by day, moment by moment, it is important to declare not just to the people around us, but even to the fallen worlds and the unfallen worlds that you know that God is holding you. Amen? The storm that is coming is going to be intense. You know what happens in the end. You know what's going to hit us. But friends, your God is stronger than the storm. Can you say amen? Your God is more powerful than any storm. Lean on Him while there's still time of peace. When the storm hits you, it's not going to hit you. It's going to be your God standing in between you and the storm. He has been doing this to us. We do not even realize it. So friends, let's keep on leaning. And remember, review what God has done. And then know that it is only the beginning of what He's willing to do. Another beautiful reminder that somehow speaks to my heart says, we have nothing to fear the, for the future except we forget what God has done to us in the past his teachings in our past history. Again and again, friend, the Lord has shown us that He has never failed us even though we have failed Him. Let's not hold back this time. This is God's time. This is God's year. Can you say amen? Let us tell Him, Lord, You have me. You have all. Let's bow our heads forward in prayer. Our great God, our dear loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise you and we thank you for you are faithful. You have always been faithful even though we have failed you for so many times. But Lord, you are the God who looks past our, our unfaithfulness, our times that we have fallen. Walk. You look past our unworthiness and still calls us your children. Lord, you are such an amazing God. And Lord, I ask in a very special way that as we end this service, may our walk with you will never end. May you take us deeper, O Lord. May you draw us nearer. And Lord, I pray for, for this church. I pray for the young people that, that are with me. I know, Lord, you have great plans for them. So Lord, I ask in a very special way that may your hand, anointing hand, be upon them. 
And Lord, I praise you and I thank you for this very supportive church. May they always stand behind our young people. And whatever they do, it will all be for the glory of your name. Lord, I pray that may we be found faithful when we see you in the class because it's going to be soon, soon and very soon. We're going to talk with our king. We're going to sit down with our king. Lord, we look forward to that day that when we pray, we do not even have to close our eyes. That we could just look you straight in the face and tell you all our joys and forget all our sorrows. For we will see that you have been with us every step of the way. So Lord, I ask, may you anoint us all with the anointing power of your Holy Spirit. May your presence, Lord, continually be in this church. May your, con- may your presence continually be in each and every home that we represent. And most especially, will be in every heart. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for what you desire for us is exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that desires to work in us. So Lord, I pray that may you give us the heart to yield, to surrender, to open the doors that you may be able to come in. Fill us with your spirit, O Lord. And Lord, we just want to sing you this song. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not as thou hast been though forever wilt be great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies i see all i have needed thy hand hath provided great is thy faithfulness Lord, unto me. Indeed, dear Father, all that we have needed, you have already provided. So Lord, I pray that may we always look back on how you have been faithful. And Lord, please teach us. Strengthen us. Empower us to be faithful to you till the end. For we ask this in the loving and precious name of your Son, Jesus. All your children say, Amen. Amen.